Welcome to the Restoring Our City podcast, our platform where we have candid conversations on today's topics to help connect our community. Be sure to check us out at restoringourcity.org where you can find the latest content. Follow us on social media at Restoring Our City on Facebook and Instagram and The Rock Podcast on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. You can also submit your anonymous questions to us on our website via the Ask Me Anything link. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and also on Spotify, where you can watch the video version of the podcast and answer poll questions and Q&As. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Restoring Our City podcast. We are back with another episode and we are continuing our series on They'll Know We Are Christians by our blank. Um, And we are exploring a really hot topic, um, whether we're known for our vote and really the political perception of Christians. And joined with me on this episode, my fellow co-hosts, Jessman Thomas and Bajoy Samuel. Guys, what's going on? Nothing much, man. I was going to say, which one of our topics has not been a hot topic? I feel like they're all pretty, pretty spicy. Pretty spicy. Yeah, I think we've gotten a lot of good uh, responses to to this series, which has been good, you know? I feel like it's conversations that people aren't really directly having, you know? So, yeah, they're like muffling it under their breath or thinking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, definitely good call out there, Bajoy. We've had a lot of great responses and just individual dms with people and uh, we just appreciate just the engagement and you guys are just reaching out and sharing um the content on our instagram and wherever else but uh appreciate the conversation i think it's a really important one it really shows that it's it's an important series i think we alluded to it on our social media that there's a new york times article about this and it's kind of the same series but really the perception of how we're known as christians and one big one is are we known by our vote. And I think, you know, in recent elections and things like that, just the label of what Christians are and who they are have really come to the forefront. So I really wanted to explore the question with you guys, why are Christians labeled by our politics? So maybe even just thinking about that as the main idea, do you think that's fair or true at all? I think it's very true. Um, You know, the, I think what's happened over the course of the last whatever years is people have identified that evangelical votes or Christian votes, maybe not even evangelical are uh, a significant community group, right? It's a a significant part of the vote. And so politicians are honing in specifically on those groups. And when you start to hone in on a specific sector, especially, you know, from a religious standpoint, it, how do you not start blurring those lines? Right? Like now the church and the community have become politicized. And is that even a place where we should be like involved to the degree that I think it's made out to be, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, Jobin, I don't know if it's fair, but just to Bajoy's point, it's true, right? Like every single time you see an exit poll, it's where is the white evangelical vote? Where's the black evangelical vote? Of course, we're not big enough as a demographic yet as the Asian evangelical vote, but we're thrown in there somewhere. Somewhere in there. There's been so many things that have happened. I think, Bajoy, you alluded to it. Over the past several years, the temperature in this country when it revolves around 
religion and politics, I think it's turned up uh, quite a few notches. And I think when we you know, talk about President Trump and even some of the events that led all the way up to you know, January 6th and that um, attack on the Capitol, I think you know, Christianity has really been thrown out there at the forefront. When you look at some of those you know, clips and you see these big Jesus flags and things like that, and we're like, what's going on here? Is that really indicative of who we are? Um, so, so how has that actually impacted the church? Like, what are some of the residual effects of some of these social issues and politics? How has that actually impacted the church, do you think? You know, I think it's kind of sad, but, uh, you know, Bajor, you kind of said it earlier, but it's, it's politicized the church. And I think more specifically, I think we just live in a society and a culture where we're forced to choose a side. And then we're just known for what our side is, right? We're not known for why we may land in one camp or the other, but we're, we're forced to pick a side. And therefore, when we pick that side, we're known for that side. And the unfortunate thing is we're in such a divisive time that if you pick a side that's opposite my side, it's almost like I, I, I think you're in like a, a wrong moral group, right? I don't think of you as I disagree with you. It's almost like, hey, you're evil for picking what you picked, right? And regardless of why you picked it, I don't care. It's the fact that you are in that camp. You're now evil uh, to me because you're opposite of me. And that's where culture is at. But I think it's, it's somehow found its way into the church too. It's uh, it's interesting because, you know, right now, everything that happens in our society, all the discussions are very polarizing, right? Like, you cannot have a different opinion or thought about anything without, uh, without everyone immediately, like, reacting to it. You know, you're, you, it's always black and white and everything, right? Um, and it's interesting because that's carried into the church, too, where the assumption is that because you're Christian or evangelical or whatever, you should be voting a certain way, or you should be voting for a candidate that is aligned on certain moral issues, right? Regardless of anything else. But if you are a Christian that isn't labeling themselves as Republican or aligning themselves with a particular person, then all of a sudden it's, it's polarizing in the church community too. It's like, well, are you really you know, as a Christian, should you be voting for that person or whatever? So I think that like everything that's happening in the world, like we're bringing it into the church community and it's causing divisiveness and it's, it's not healthy for us to approach politics um, from, from that kind of a, a lens. So it's kind of like we're bringing not only the issues and the polarization into the church, we're also bringing that attitude as well. And just the approaches of how we even resolve agreements and disagreements. So, so maybe I'll ask you guys this question. How does it make you feel like when you hear people talk about Christians in a certain way in this political perception, how does that actually make you feel? I mean, I, I'm not happy about it, you know, because it's like what Christianity should, I, I struggle with how deep into politics the Christian uh, identity should be, right? Like there are certain things that we need to stand by in terms of our beliefs, but I don't like this idea of us immediately being thrown into alignment with a particular candidate, a particular party or the church agendas. And, and, and I was telling you guys this earlier, this isn't so much in the Indian church community because our priests and stuff don't really talk about that. 
But you'll see that a lot in like white evangelical type of churches where they are pushing forward an agenda of how to vote and who to vote for. And I don't think the church is the place for them to do that. But I also struggle because you have to give people some direction in terms of how to look at politics and those decisions from a from a biblical perspective. But I, I just think that that line gets very blurred. Yeah, and I was going to say, too, it's it's unfortunate because I feel like it's it's part of that concept of identity politics, right? Like, because you are X, therefore you should vote Y, right? Like, and, and so when we just even say the term white evangelical, immediately, what do you think of? You think of your Republican Trump supporting X, Y, and Z, but you can be a white evangelical evangelical and not those things right same thing with if you're a black evangelical immediately you might think well you're probably voting for the democratic party because it aligns your identity interests but there's so many that don't do that and that's the problem right we're we're turning people into caricatures we are literally just having this monolithic identities and there's no nuance there's no discussion on issues it's just you are this therefore here's all the connotations that i'm going to associate with you now and that's finding its way into the church and so i just don't like how media kind of forces that on us and and that's the i think that's a very dangerous problem that we have and i think that kind of concept of identity is probably where all this stems from right because people are looking at america as a christian nation and I do, before I want to tackle this, maybe another spicy question is, first of all, Christian nationalism has been this buzz phrase that's been going around for a while now. And um, to kind of define some of the terms, uh, nationalism, just from a dictionary definition standpoint, is identification with one's own nation and support for its interests, especially to the exclusion or detriment of the interests of other nations. So when you think about that, and then you throw on Christian nationalism and on top of that, it's the desire to impose Christian values on law and policies, right? And so now you got this whole framework of Christianity and America kind of combined together, and here's this identity. So here's my spicy question, I think, for this week is, is America considered a Christian nation? No, no. And I guess we can come right off there the bat. <laughs> it was founded on Christian principles. I think that's yes. pretty undeniable. If you look at our constitution, even the, the, the fact that we hold values to be self-evident, that's not, there's no self-evidence without the concept of an individual having inherent you know, value. That's not the case in China where they can lock you up for being a Muslim and send you to a concentration camp or force you to have one child, right? Like there's clearly a value on human life, which was imperfectly shown through on our history, but we're trying to become a more perfect union. There's no denying that we're built on Christian principles. But if the Bible is true and this world is going to get worse, that includes our country too, right? Until there is a government on Jesus's shoulders, countries can be built on Christian principles. We are going to live those out imperfectly and we're going to get worse. And at the end of the day, we're not a Christian nation. The only Christian nation that will exist will exist when Christ returns. And that's just, just a fact. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it, yeah, well said, man. I don't really have anything to say to that. I mean, that's the truth, right? Like it is based on Christian principles. It's not like, you know, when they're, when they're signing the constitution and all this stuff, like they're a bunch of, they just got out of church together and then they're like, 
you know, had small group and said, Hey, we've been praying, we've been praying through this. And this is what the Lord, right? Like, it's not, it's like, they were trying to take certain moral, uh, you know, concepts and things from the 10 commandments, right. And morphing that into some kind of a baseline for people to follow, right. It's not meant to be your whole life is around those teachings and followings. It's like, no, this is just a guide guideline for how we should live our lives. You know, maybe we aren't a Christian country on paper, right? Or however you want to document that. But should our theology have any kind of role to play in our stances on certain issues? I think 100% it should. Um, I mean, if you think about it, in some senses, when God looked at humanity, he's like, hey, follow these things. So what? So that the world is going to flourish. In fact, if you look historically, look at how certain laws and certain changes in mentality when implemented into law caused the flourishing of different cultures, as well as the detriments of cultures that didn't embrace them. I mean, even today, you can look at, you know, Western countries versus Eastern countries, right? Like, let's just look at laws implemented in the Middle East. Do you think that's causing human flourishing? I don't know. That's up to interpretation. Do you think, uh, you know, countries that are very communist and heavily atheistic are causing human flourishing? I don't know. But if you look at countries that were, quote unquote, built on Christian principles, do you think that causes human flourishing? Again, these are all open to interpretations and definitely up for debate. Um, but in my opinion, those interests do matter, right? Because what is put into law will cause human flourishing or human suffering. I So one of the questions that I have, right, just going off of that, is how much should our moral, like our, our belief system impact our vote, right? And I'm saying this like this. We know that there are certain um, more like social topics or social things, right? Let's say abortion or whatever it may be, right? That are very hot topics for Christians, right? We know where they stand on that. So should you vote for a candidate who is who aligns just with social things? But what if they're like economic, uh, you know, plans and, and viewpoints are not going to further this country or is, is going to bring it to ruins? What if they're uh, relationships with other countries and their their thoughts on war and all. so like are we voting for people or should we as Christians be voting for people just on those few social issues right and forget about everything else right or like are we denying our belief system if we vote only you know for those other things and not to you know what I'm saying like it's, it's just a tricky thing, but I feel like what I'm seeing and what the churches are pushing are all of these moral things like, hey, this candidate might suck in a lot of areas, but they believe this, this, and this, and that aligns with our Christian doctrine. So vote for them. Can we equate our entire identity on a candidate? No, probably not going to agree on, you know, multiple issues and policies and things like that. But then you know, I, it's a touchy one, right? Like, I think it comes down to everybody's individual circumstance and situation. Um, and then you have to get into the nuances of those debates, like abortion, right? And then go into the moral argument of that too. But then to me, I think my big concern is like, if I vote a certain way on a certain topic, that shouldn't 
change how I'm defined as a Christian. You know what I mean? No matter how I vote on a topic, right? My religion can influence my decisions, but that shouldn't, you know, my decision on a topic or my vote on a topic shouldn't define my religion. You know what I mean? And it shouldn't define me as a person and, and my faith. Yeah. And, and even just to get a little bit deeper on that, it's funny because you know a few issues and where certain parties align on them, right? But I think that comes down to the question of like, how critically do we think of any of these issues, right? Like, even if we say pro-life, it's almost like, to what extent, right? To what extent, what do you actually think about abortion laws? Where exactly do you draw the line in terms of how you define human life, you know, or you get into like economic interests, right? Like, well, what policies exactly are you looking at to say like, this is good, this is bad. And, you know, I think we also live in a climate where we choose one or the other, but dude, like, we don't know, like specifics, specifics on, on issues. And I think that's a funny, I read this great book uh, over summer, it was called, um, the, it was by the end campaign, it was called Conviction and Compassion. And I think one of the things that I drew from that book is, am I a Democrat or am I a Republican? And the answer is, it depends on the issue. Because if you're going to agree with one side 100% of the, the time, you have a problem, right? You're not thinking critically on an issue um, at all. And, and therefore, you know, I think it's time we get back to stop identifying us in this sort of two party system and start identifying us issue by issue, have good conversations, start thinking through them and see where you align on a specific issue, not completely with one party. Maybe we need to get away from as Christians, stop saying, you know, that Christianity is not synonymous with like Republican. And it's not with Democrat, you know, like we can't, I think the society has just kind of created that for us. And I think the churches, the evangelical churches don't help that. Right. But we got to stop like aligning like that. And it really needs to be about the individual. And you're right. There is no perfect person, right? Like they, someone is going to miss the mark of 100% on a lot of things, but as Christians, how do we make the right decision, you know, based on what's going on and, and, so Justin's point, do the due diligence of like understanding the implications of policies. Like we can't just jump on two moral issues or three moral issues and be like, well, whoever is aligned with that is getting my vote. Right. But like, what do we actually believe about those things? You know, and is it as cut and dry? Right. Like, I don't know. Right. I, but I do think that we have to be we have to think critically. And, you know, what's sad is I think part of thinking critically is conversing critically right within a church if you have brothers and and sisters that you have around you um you know part of thinking critically is conversing with them especially to the ones that you don't disagree with and i think what i you know joven you asked a question what bothers you about this i think what i'm bothered by the most is for those conservatives that are living in liberal spaces and therefore might have a more liberal church being afraid to voice their opinion because they're just going to be demonized. Same thing with, you know, the liberals that might live in a more conservative area of the country that go to a more conservative church, being afraid to voice their opinion, because they're also going to get demonized for their political party, right? I think one thing we have to answer as Christians is, does my unity with you as a brother and sister in Christ trump our political identity? And therefore, through that, can we actually have a conversation so that we're all thinking about things together uh, more critically than before. And uh, shout out Jasmine too, because I think we did a series last season on critically thinking on a lot of different topics. And you, 
outlined a great framework on how to tackle that. So if you haven't heard those, check them out. Um, but, you know, I, I think over the past couple of years, especially since um, uh, our last president presidential election and a lot of these polarizing topics, we've had conversations on how to have conversations. I guess my question then is, is there any merit to some of these things? Like these labels that people are slapping on Christians and evangelicals, a lot of the critiques stem towards white evangelicals and, and certain groups, right? And then maybe the Trump supporters. And you can, like you said, Jess, with drawing this character of people, but is there any like merit to it? Because when we see some of these, you know, polarizing topics and maybe some of the fringe extreme people, maybe that's why they're labeling it because some people can be dangerous. Is there merit to what they're saying? You know, what's funny. We, we talked, I think, in the last episode about the state street preacher, the guy standing on the corner yelling at everyone that if you don't know Jesus, you're going to go to hell. I'm, I'm telling you, man, we're going to get an interview with this guy. We need to get that an interview with this is guy. On my, <laughs> I will not rest this listen. year. You <laughs> don't know, talk to that man. You know, what's funny is we as Christians, if we just take like, what is he saying, right? Like the letter of the law to what he is saying, I would probably agree with the most of what he is saying. I will probably totally disagree with how he's doing it, you know, in some senses and what he, and how he's going about it. And I think that's the same thing here. You know, do those things have merit, Jobin? I think, you know, some people that are conservatives will look at this group that might've stormed the Capitol, right? The Viking guy just praying in the chamber of, of Congress and be like, you know what? I completely disagree with how you're executing all of this. We might agree on some issues, but man, I totally disagree with you in terms of how you're doing this. I think we need to, you know, it's not the ends justify the means, right? The means have to justify themselves. Therefore, our action along with our belief have to both align. You can't pick one or the other just like that. Uh, well said. I mean, I don't know how many people out there have seen their fellow church members in a Viking costume. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's the portrayal of a Christian. Um, oh. If you do, let us know, share some photos. Um, no, it's interesting, right? I think we can't condone craziness, right? Especially in quote unquote, the name of Jesus, right? When you're throwing a flag up there and, and storming a federal building. Um, but I think at the same time, like, hey, does that mean you throw out all the policies and the nuanced conversations of those political views out the window because somebody scaled a pole? Uh, no, right? Like, I think we have to be very thoughtful in our conversations because there's lives at stake, right? When we talk about some of these social issues and political issues, there are also moral issues. And we have to, we, it's a, our duty, I think, as Christians, right? So I, I think this is a very interesting conversation and one that a lot of us have uh, probably been in the fire of with being Christians and identifying as Christians. Heck, we're publishing a podcast, right? That anybody can hear. Mm -hmm. And they might just say, oh, you're a Christian? Wow, you must vote this way or you must hate mm -hmm. vaccines or something. I don't know <laughs> what the, the craziness is out there, right? Yeah. So so I guess my final question maybe to, and I know we say this in every episode, especially in the series is, how do we get back to know, being known by our love instead of by our vote? What's the way to change that perception? I, I think uh, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, right? But what is the identity that is going to overarch everything else? That's going to so far surpass 
um, you know, any of the other groups that you're part of, it is your identity first and foremost in Christ, right? I think the world is polarized. We can have conversations because just the way that we we demonize uh, anyone that disagrees with us, we cancel anyone that doesn't hold to our views, we we yell just phrases at one another rather than having conversations. I think if we come to uh, our churches and we are no different, then we have a problem because the identity in Christ is not primary. I think if we come to churches and we're afraid to speak uh, our minds and we don't have spaces where we can talk critically about uh, issues that are really bothering us, right? Like the pro-life stuff, or maybe it is about the immigration stuff that's happening at the border, any of those things. If we can't have meaningful conversations and we're forced into silence or we're afraid because we're also going to get demonized at our churches, I think that's, that's our primary problem. And that comes to a problem uh, that problem is only going to be solved if we first and foremost see our fellow Christians as brothers and sisters far above everything else. If we as a church can be different from the world in having conversations and thinking critically together, I think that is going to be more attractive in bringing people to know who God is more than anything that we can yell from a political spectrum. I agree with that. And I would also add to that. I think if we want to start to change those discussions, as churches, as church leaders, that we need to be very careful about how we're introducing politics and political alignment into the church. I don't think that we should, leaders or pastors or preachers or anything, should have any affinity or push any agenda to vote a certain way. Their goal is how do we align people to make decisions every day, not just in politics, but everyday living? How do we make decisions that are going to be aligned with our identity in? Christ, not everything else, right? Like that. So I think that we need to keep, I think, and people are going to disagree with it, but I think we need to keep politics, like political alignment and stuff like that, and candidate and all this stuff, that's that kind of support out of the church and out of the pulpit. And it needs to just be about how do we make decisions and go with our convictions and what does it look like? How does that align with, with, with you know, our belief system, you know? And so that's the other thing. And then the other part of it is, we got to be careful about what we're toting under uh, under Christ's name, right? Not every action, just because we're saying that we're Christian and, you know, believe in God, like all of a sudden that it justifies all the actions that we do, you know? And I think that's what's also happening is as Christians, as evangelicals, as whatever, we're doing a lot of stupid things out there and we're toting it under this banner of Christianity and of God. Like, of course, what do you expect people to think, you know? So I think we need to be careful about what we're doing and what we're professing that we're doing that's actually under the Christian flag versus just our own, you know, agendas. So well said, Bajoy. And I think that's so important that we keep the junk out of our churches and really stick to the gospel. We don't need to add to the gospel, right? Like we don't need no. to add to the message of uh, mm -hmm. who Jesus is. And, you know, and some people might hear this episode and be like, oh, you're bashing Republicans or you're bashing Democrats. Well, I mean, I think we're bashing everybody if you want. I just said we're bashing people. <laughs> I mean, like, go for bash. it. We're you the, know, it, it's interesting. We're the South Park of podcasts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, we're not. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no one's uh, safe. <laughs> right. No one. No one's off limits. You know what? It's interesting because as you say this, um, I know people might say, hey, Christians, you're totally Republican and you try to advance your Christian agenda in church. But then I read an article about 
and I'm quoting this from ABC News. It says, a video being played at over 300 black churches across Virginia of Vice President Kamala Harris urging voters to cast their ballot for Democratic candidate Terry McAuliffe may be illegal. It's like, don't think about it as a party doing this. Everybody's doing this. Everybody's trying to influence opinions, whether Democrat or Republican, right? But you know what? How do we change that perception? I don't think... To your point, Bajoy, we should keep politics out of church, but I don't think that means we are not talking about the issues, like important issues, right? We, we did a whole series about um, social justice and racial reconciliation and just pursuing the multi-ethnic church in our, in our small group a year ago. Like, does that mean you can't talk about those things because there's unrest in our society? I don't think that means that. Should you be pushing a candidate or a policy? Probably not, right? So I mean, we should talk about fiscal responsibility at church. You know what I mean? Like, we should be talking about all these things. But I ain't tithing 10% to the government, bro. I've tithed <laughs> way too much more than that. <laughs> exactly, dude. I think um, we talked about this. And while you guys are saying some, dropping some knowledge here, it makes me think because a lot of times people hear this conversation out there about Christians and that turns them away from being a Christian, right? I think we even asked that in our last episode. Do we have friends who might not be Christian? What if, what if they hear stuff like this? right? And they hear this and they're like, oh, wait, Christians can think more open-mindedly and in a healthy way and still serve Jesus. My hope is that that changes the conversation around to somebody listening to this be like, oh, wow, maybe Christians aren't all this gun-toting, you know, like whatever you can think of in your head, but maybe they can have balanced conversations in love, right? And you know what the ironic thing is, is Jobin, as you're saying that, right? It's funny that 2000 years ago, the children of Israel were looking for a political savior in Jesus. And they didn't find that, you know, honestly, the story, if, if you kind of went this route, if he's going to be the Messiah that saves us from Rome, it never ended that way, right? And what's funny is Christians today, we're looking for a political solution to a very spiritual problem in our country and more so in ourselves, right? Maybe if we're doing less for pushing those candidates to be our savior and more so pushing our savior to be the savior of people, you know, that's how we're, we're going to be known for our love, right? We're going to be known for our love that way, not having it backwards. And it's just funny that two millennia later, we still got it backwards. What a way to wrap that episode up, Jasmine. Nice. <laughs> Put a bow on that one. I couldn't have said it better. And I think that's a great way to change the perception. So we are known by our love and not all these other stuff. Um, thank you guys for being on this episode and sharing some really good insight into a really important conversation that obviously has a lot of layers to it. And we want to hear from all of you as well. We are going to do an episode where we just answer some of your questions. Many of you have actually submitted questions anonymously via our Ask Me Anything a link. You can actually find it on our website at restoringourcity.org. Submit your anonymous questions on anything. We'll be happy to tackle it. Um, and we appreciate you guys just sharing your, your comments in the messages and your DMs and just some really encouraging things about just the perception of who we are as Christians. I think this has been a really, really great series. Um, so check that out. Uh, follow us on our Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, and all that stuff. You can find all those handles on our website at restoringourcity.org. Um, so thanks again, guys, for being on this episode, and we look forward to recording the next one.
Thanks for listening to this episode. Check us out at restoringourcity.org. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify to get the latest content. The Restoring Our City podcast is hosted by Jobin Verghese, Jasmine Thomas, and Bajoy Samuel. Graphics by Claire Skelly, Alexander Skowalski, and Teresa Studley. Our music is Jazzy Abstract Beat by Coma Media from Pixabay. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.